believe he did it. Macajir with a cross, and there's the goal! Ireland put their place in the last 16. Carlsberg don't do dreams, but if we did, they would probably be the best dreams in the world. Good morning, good afternoon, welcome wherever you may be listening from. This is the Action Replay Extra Time podcast, and I'm joined here in studio with Enda Call, Brian McGinn, and Gavin O'Callaghan. What a fitting intro! Uh, Jason McAteer winning out on the World Cup, and we may not be winning the World Cup. We do have a very important tie. Euro 2016 playoff, first leg on tonight, Ireland v Bosnia. We'll be touching on that. We'll be having a look at League of Ireland, Finn Harps, and their promotion to the Premier Division. And we have an interview with Ollie Horgan, Harps manager. And at the end, we'll be looking at uh, the back pages, a new segment where we'll be looking through Ireland's top daily papers and having a look at the sports headlines. Thanks for joining me in studio today, lads. We'll have a look at it. Big game tonight. Uh, yeah, well, first of all, just from coming from that clip, I think we won every game 1-0, uh, <laughs> so that, that's something to take by, maybe it's uh, it's something that uh, it's gonna that's going to happen tonight, you never know. Very much in line with the uh, with our whole qualifying campaign, 1-0s, not a lot of goals, a good no. defence, but not a lot of creativity up attack. Do you think that'll be one of our problems tonight, in terms oh, of who gets goals? Of course, look at the injuries we have, uh, we always knew Shea Gibbon was going to be out, but we have John O'Shea suspended and injured, so... So that, that, that two fronts he can't play uh, Shane Long up front Johnny Walters and now Hend- Hendrick is out so uh, it's not looking too good we have a depleted uh, force uh, troops but um, it's going to be interesting I don't think anyone can predict this Ireland team that's going to come out tonight uh, I'm not even sure if Martin O'Neill knows as of yet th- whether <laughs> what team he's going to pick I'd say he has such a headache I, a migraine I'd say he's on so many tablets <laughs> and medication uh, but look, Bosnia are very good. They've won five of the last six games in qualification. Their only loss coming to Belgium away, 2-0, which you could kind of expect. They had a rocky start. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm positive enough that we can get a result. I'm not sure if I'm positive if we can get a win. Yeah, it's a huge loss, especially with, I didn't even realise Hendrick was injured there. Uh, so we got Walter suspended. We've got John O'Shea suspended. We've got Ant injured. We've got Shane Long injured. Alan Judge been killing it in the championship. He's injured. We don't know who our goalkeeper is. Shea Givens injured, so I mean, it it's, it really is going to be who are we going to be playing and who's going to be starting in this well, in this well, Irish team. Well, well, take a look at um, who's going to replace John. There's two the two key positions apart from Johnny Walters. He's an important player, but two key positions that we're missing is John O'Shea and Shane Long, mainly because the replacements we have for them are they're suspect at at best. You know, you have uh, up front for Shane Long. You have three choices. You have Kevin Doyle, you have Darren Murphy and Robbie Keane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Doyle, where has he been? He's been playing for the Colorado Rapids in uh, at the MLS. And I know Robbie Keane's been playing there too and has been killing it, but that standard isn't, isn't, it's, isn't it's great. Just, we just, we've just seen, and I think we've seen with Robbie as well, that and Robbie kind of defended himself during the week saying, look, yeah, I have scored 24, 20 goals in 24 games for Galaxy and 67 international goals speaks for itself. And it, it does like speak for itself. It 67 does, yeah. international goals, some accumulation, but... We've seen like how many times have we seen Robbie lead the line in these last couple of months, and he's just—he's not—he's not an international striker anymore. Like we just have to come to grips with it. So I'd be much more comfortable with a depth at the back in terms of covering for O'Shea. I think with Clark and Kyo and also Wilson, like they're Premier and League, McShane and well, yeah, I agree. yeah, Paul McShane. <laughs> I think it's um, not hold over. A, a game like this is—I think it. I think we need to play Daryl Murphy we need a player that's going to be strong enough to hold the ball up once we get it up the field mm. I mean uh, I'm going to I'm going to make some enemies here but I, I really feel that we should be really conservative for this match we're going to wait to a strong Bosnia side we're we're missing five, five key players it's it's a game where we we need to get a result. We need to just get a draw. Get it. Get in. Get out. Get a draw. Mm. Bring it back to the Viva. Get our players fixed. And it's actually kind of ironic now that Martin O'Neill named such a big provisional squad because if he hadn't have done that, like uh, imagine we we had no Darren Murphy. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. We had no Randolph. We had no no players to to replace John O'Shea. I mean, uh, it, was, it was just kind of a bit of luck at the end of the day. But Martin O'Neill criticised clubs for ironic injuries coming up to international. I mean, some say Shane Long is naturally injured, but uh, it's uh, Southampton that's stopping him from playing. And if so, it's ridiculous. But um, I think it's just a game that we need to take we need to take every minute at a time and just try try keep the ball or try just keep the ball out of dangerous areas. Mm. I mean, it's something Ireland's been doing for years, and it's something that's frustrated Irish fans. But at the end of the day, we need to get a result in it. I agree um, with that. We ha- we need a result. Uh, we need to have the best form, the p- best platform for us back in Dublin. Aviva Monday night rock. The place is rocking. Mm. Uh, there might be a bit of nerves, but the place will be rocking. The the, the Green Army will, will start roaring. Uh, but I have one question: Do we go for the away goal? I think we have to. Yeah, I absolutely do. Because what if they go one or two nil up? Like if they go two nil up, which they very could do, or say if it's even, yeah, like we have to go then and score two goals at home. Like we haven't. Like apart from Gibraltar, we don't score many goals at home. Apart I mean? from so, Gibraltar, we haven't scored uh, <laughs> more than one goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like this is the thing. Like we actually are a competitive side, and, and the Germany game shows that. But like we're going into Bosnia, so yeah, maybe if it's nil nil, maybe if it's. I think we need to get an away goal, but this is the thing that, that comes to me. It's We have Ed and Dzeko versus Daryl Murphy. And, and bear in mind, like Murphy's just got a hat-trick on the weekend. But do you know how many international goals Dzeko has for Bosnia? Something like around 45. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many he international has, uh, goals Daryl Murphy has for Ireland? Yeah. Zero. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's... it's And don't get me wrong, I've, I think O'Neill played Murphy really well against Germany because mm-hmm. he put him in there... And I don't think he really had even the intention of him scoring goals. No, just wear them down. It's just an aerial threat. Yeah. Like, just launch the ball up to him. He'll play it down. He'll get in there and be physical, which he did against Hummels, I think. And then maybe the hope was maybe Wes Houlihan might get a half volley. Hendrick might get he might get half chances off Murphy. And he did wear them down, and it kind of opened it up if, for long. So I think they mu- if, I think Martin will have a similar kind of strategy this time. If you start uh, Darren Murphy, I don't think you can start Wes Houlihan. That's that's another so thing that I th- I don't I don't th- I think Wes Hula needs someone that can Why run the that? channels. Bec- I, he needs someone like I know Robbie Keane doesn't have the pace anymore, but Wes Hulan is just that that key that unlocks defenses, pat then passes, dinks over the top mm. into the channel in between the two centre halves. And Robbie Keane runs them channels well. He has the experience, but I don't think he could do that with Darren Murphy. If you're going to have a Darren Murphy on the pitch, I think you're going to have to be booting ball up to him. Yeah, I, I just think like between the difference between Robbie and Darrell, like. Okay, so if we have Robbie in instead of Daryl, I think Robbie will link up much better with the ball on the ground in terms of linking up with Wes than Daryl would. But, like, okay, say if we play James McLean or we play Aidan McGee, and James McLean on the left and maybe Aidan McGee on the right, they're guys that constantly just run to the byline. And if you guys are going to go you're going to cross you, balls yeah. in. And it's like, what are we going to do with Robbie once we put that? I'd be much more comfortable with Daryl Murphy in the box than I would with Robbie. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Uh, who we start up front is going to completely dominate our game. Because if we're starting Robbie Keane up front, we're going to need Wes Hoodland to be linking up. But if we're starting, uh, if we're starting Daryl Murphy up front, we need to have a more dog in midfield. Because you have to look at the threat. I don't think Eden Jacko is the most dominant threat there, and I think uh, Miralem Pianix is. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I mean, uh, who who do you trust to take him? Do you trust Glenn Williams or do, would you? Glenn Williams been playing fantastic for Stoke. Um, I I've seen him twice as as the, as the Chelsea fan in this pa- in this panel. <laughs> uh, he he actually has shut down. Uh, a lot of a lot of counter attacks that Chelsea have had. Um, he's been playing great stuff, and James McCarthy has had his best had his best game in an Ireland jersey against Germany. Let's uh, let's put Hands it at that. But we down. need him to have a better game yeah. against Bosnia because Bosnia are going to have again sixty plus sixty percent plus, and we're away from home in a hostile environment. So yeah, see that's the thing as well. And I mean, uh, we look at the Ireland side, and we have no players who play alongside each other, uh, and the two key players for for Bosnia are. Pjanic and uh, Jekyll, and Jekyll, yeah. and they both play both play for Roma. Mm. Yeah, so th- they're going to have a relationship already. Well, uh, yeah, well, I mean, we do have McCarthy and Coleman, but I get what you're saying. Pjanic and Jekyll would have a much better chemistry. Yeah, it's like a position. Then a right back and a center midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Field, it's like this, their their whole spine of attack comes from two players who are used to connecting with each other every week. Yeah, so we we just have to look out for that. I think. We're going to need. Uh, I agree. We're going to need McCarthy to have a performance like he had in Germany. I think he's much. I think McCarthy's much better suited to be playing. And no disrespect to Everton, but I think McCarthy's much better at playing bigger teams. He's much yeah. better at playing teams that will have more possession because he can track players. He's much better on the defensive side of things. My, my personal opinion, like, I think he's much better suited to playing Germany at home 
than say Gibraltar away where exactly. have 70% the, possession the, the RT boys have been at him like, we, he needs to pick, pick up his performances you know we've been expecting him he's a quality player in the Premier League wise to be doing it but Ireland have kind of expected him Irish fans pundits everyone has kind of expected him to be this kind of not even a player maker but this box to box midfielder but I don't think James McCarthy is that I think James McCarthy is a defensive midfielder he kind of mm. he kind of dictates the pace of play a bit of Michael Carrick hit a few years back uh, you know uh, that so- sideways passing but kind of keeping the ball moving but I don't think th- the problem with that is I don't think we're going to be doing that tonight because I think we're going to be kicking a lot of ball away you know yeah well see I'd agree with you. I think Michael I think sorry James McCarthy's a lot closer to Michael Carrick than Michael yeah. Ballack do you know what yeah, I mean yeah exactly I think say yes, like yes. a box to box midfielder and I think why people get caught up in that is that we just see flashes from James that James can he can smash a pass 40 yards mm-hmm. on the dot and he can get forward and he, he's got a decent boot on him as well so yeah. I think there's like that tendency to believe Oh, this guy's just going to be running up and down all day. He's that's what Barkley. That's that's he's smashing goals yeah. in from twenty five yards. And he's just like at the end of the day, I know he's still young. I think he's about twenty four, twenty five. But he's just shown more tendency to be more of a, a, a defensive enforcer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And he does have this. He's more capabilities than probably what I, that we'd we'd assume from a typical defensive mm-hmm. midfielder role. Um, but I think at this stage for Ireland anyway, he kind of needs to be that. But the only problem is that is that it's him and Whelan have that kind of same tendency then do you know what I mean because that's Glenn Whelan's yeah job. you need a kind of a variety in centre midfielder yeah I think I think what O'Neill would like is to have Whelan sitting in that hole above the defence and being that role that we see McCarthy be for Everton exactly, where we yeah. kind of need McCarthy to yeah. be a bit more of a, yeah. a box to box midfielder just be given just given the com- the compliment wheeling in midfield. Yeah, and and then if we if we look at the other point I highlighted, um, the centre back position for John O'Shea, who's going to be alongside Richard Keogh, like Kieran Clark and Mark Wilson. You look at them too, right? Mark Wilson, he's gotten dropped by Stoke. Uh, Ryan Shawcross has come back in. Martin, he's not playing too so much game time. Kieran Clark, yes, he is starting for Aston Villa, but they've had the most losses in the Premier League. That's not entirely the centre backs, the defence's um, problems. They're not scoring too many goals either, mm-hmm. but uh, they're last in the Premier League. Do you put your faith in it? Then you have the other two. You have Paul McShane, who has been a bit of a laughing stock in, in terms of Irish kind of relationship with him and, and hasn't had the, the best history he's, he's having a decent enough season at Reading they're in a bad last five games uh, in the championship but and then you, you have um, you have Alex Pierce for mm-hmm. Derby he's only yeah. had six caps he scored two goals out of the sixth game he scored two goals but they were both against Omen um, once in Craven College and once in the Aviva Stadium so mm-hmm. I expect he's going to go with the first two between the two, whichever one he picks. I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. I'd have to go with Mark Wilson, but he ha- like we've seen Irish managers in the past stick with the tried and trusted and not dropping yeah. people in, mm-hmm. in that are unex- inexperienced. So I, I I'd go with Mark Wilson as well, just simply in terms of discipline. Kieran Clark has been known to mm. make stupid decisions yeah. when it comes to the big matches. Hot headed, and he, he exactly he's very hot headed. And another thing is uh, Mark Wilson is is good in the air. And that's what and he's good at. He's good at kind of shrugging off players and holding off the fa- or forwards. And that's what Jacko loves to do. He loves to get in the faces of players. Loves to kind of hang off them and get get a, get the turn off them. But I, I think Mark Wilson would handle that better than Kieran Clark. Yeah, and I I think this is is an underrated point as well in terms of who we do play defensively. And you mentioned that Clark does have a tendency to be a bit hot headed. You really can't afford that against Bosnia because if we give away any like silly cheap free kicks in and around. Within thirty yards, yeah. you know what I mean. Like, yeah, Pjanic will got a guy in Pjanic who can really burst. Like the back he rockets them. Like he, he's got a rocket foot on him. He scored a thirty-yard free kick for Roma at the weekend. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just prime example. And we do have like, I mean, John O'Shea is great. He is. He does have a tendency to be a bit of a cowboy where he's diving himself into all challenges, <laughs> and at times it's very much needed. But in terms of like. In terms of being composed and stuff like that, I think we do need that, especially away from home. We don't want to be giving away pianage any chances. Um, basically, on to the injuries and suspensions. I think we were talking there about you know O'Shea being suspended and and even with the goalkeeper situation with Darren Randolph. I mean, I think we'd all like to see Rob Elliott have gotten a crack after that performance mm-hmm. on the weekend, and he's had a bit of, of of kind of back and forth with Newcastle and Ireland. So, uh, with regards to the clubs. And internationals, do you think Premier League managers like Steve McLaren, like Sam Allardyce, they're within their right to yeah. withhold a player, or maybe subtly behind closed door convince a player, maybe look, you, you do have a chance now of breaking into the first team on a, on a consistent basis. We'd rather you stay and yeah. rehabilitate your your injury, so to speak. On on a normal basis, a normal group game, maybe earlier on in the campaign, I'd say 
you know it is the manager's choice because let's let's face it like they're making a living I know it's a lot of living they're getting paid thousands of, of pounds a week but their living is with the, their club sides and they have they have an obligation to be fit if they get injured they're letting their team down in the club because they're playing 30 sometimes 50 games a year depending on what, what club you play for you know mm-hmm. um, but this is crucial for Ireland. I think uh, it's a national duty to be playing this game tonight. It's nearly like going to war or something because this is make or break. Like the the whole country is behind it. You, usually you'd hear, oh yeah, sure, um, Ireland are playing Georgia. Yeah, they're in the group stages. Yeah, oh, did they win? Yeah, yeah, they won one nil mm. or whatever. But now there's going to be a lot of people who haven't been paying too much attention. They're going to be looking at this tonight and they're going to be having their, they're going to be behind the boys in green 100%. And did you think Steve McLaren's when is right and Sam Allardyce went on their rights to maybe withhold O'Shea and Relia from Irish camp? I think um, it's a very, very, it's like it's a difficult situation. Uh, I think at the end of the day it should be up to the player whether he wants to represent his country yeah. or whether he feels, I think the manager is well within his right to give them that option. If he, if he gives them that ultimatum, whether, like, okay, you'll be in the first team next week if you don't go to international, if he gives them that ultimatum, it should be ultimately come up to the... It, it should come down to the, the player himself. I mean, you look at look at the likes of Aguero, who got in, uh, injured in international duty, or Messi got in, uh, injured in international duty. And, I mean, clubs can't afford it, especially, like, the likes of uh, McCarthy and Coleman, who are key side, or key players in the Everton side. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a massive, massive day for the country. So I think it should always be left up to the player to have the final call on it. Well, we've heard our thoughts on the situations now. We'll now have a quick... Uh, we'll hear what Roy Keane thinks on the situation. Um, bogged down by club managers and preferences and, 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 and I suppose the politics involved in it. That, that's gone on. You ask every international manager, it's, it's part, of the, part of the process. We've had it before and I'm sure we'll have it again. So we've heard Roy's thoughts on the uh, on the situation. Ironic that players are getting ruled out for ten to fourteen days. I kind of think Keane has a point in a way, and and it is like as we've said, it's one of those things where it's as a club manager, you've got your own interests. You're not really concerned about international manager. To be honest, I'd be a bit kind of cons- bit surprised at Steve McLaren actually, given the fact that he was an international exactly, manager. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But I mean, he's. He's in the Newcastle United yeah. job. He's in really in a kind of a pressure cooker at the moment. It, they have not had the best start the no. season, and he really needs to kind of get them out of their out of their relegation zone and climbing up the table. So, but I I, I do believe that it's a certain bit is on the player as well. Like for instance, when Seamus Coleman was injured with the hamstring injury going into the last Germany game, he was out actually at Abbottstown on the backfield training every single day to try and get ready for the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And even though Martinez actually came out and said that he didn't. He didn't want. He didn't think Seamus would be fit, and it's like, well, how how can the manager make a club manager from across the sea, like across in England, make that determination as opposed to say the FAI's club doctors and the FAI's physios and stuff who are working with him every day. So I do think, like, say that if Rob Elliott was really busting his gut to get out there, that yeah. he probably would make it. See, that's one thing as well. You don't like if you're having a, a dispute with your club and you say, say Rob Elliott really wants to go off and play for Ireland now. Like, does he come out and say that publicly? Do you know what I mean? Like that. Obviously, it wouldn't. It definitely wouldn't hurt his head. Like he, he can hardly blast your club over. Yeah, I mean, um, just going back on the Coleman point. I mean, he. I don't believe he was fully fit for the uh, Poland game, mm. but he went and played anyway because he he just wanted the pride of playing for his country in such a big game. And I think ultimately clubs won't be able to hold the players back if they do want to. They have no. They have absolutely no contract obligations to not go to. International friendlies and play for their play for their countries, and uh, I mean, I think it's unfair for managers to hold players like that back. Let's like we'll we'll, we'll just turn now to obviously huge game for us, massive implications on whether we qualify for the Euros or not. This is very much a do or die. Martin O'Neill's contract is up in the not too distant future. Do we think that depending on the how these next two games go? Has O'Neill done enough to secure himself a new contract with the FAI? You could argue that he hasn't, because like yes, he did win against Germany. He did, and everyone will no one will ever forget that uh, till the day they die. Please mm-hmm. God, because everyone remember will be talking about where were you when Shane Long scored that goal. Mm-hmm. Other teams against the likes of Poland, Scotland. And we're going to see, maybe he could change that tonight and on Monday. These teams that are similar, maybe slightly better, maybe slightly worse. He hasn't really 
had any sort of domination that there hasn't been really uh, a call that we we should have won these games you know yeah and when you see that we we've got four points off Germany but we've only got one point off Poland and we've only got one point off Scotland, Scotland. do you know what I mean uh, we're very lucky to be here mm. so yeah. it, it when you look at it that way he doesn't but I think now. He was also. You could look at the other way. He's been dropped in the hardest group in in the campaign. Yeah, yeah. a very impossible group. And if that's, just, I don't want to say if we don't, but I gotta have to. If we don't qualify in Monday night, we've got an easier group for the World Cup campaign. Uh, there's no real huge uh, big dog that that we're we're not expected to take to lose two games and give six points up. You know. Mm. Um, it's a very tricky one for the FAI uh, because... Well, there was so much hype that went into the Keane and O'Neill exactly, combo, yes. wasn't it? Like, they really but, put all their eggs in that basket. But as what I'm saying is that these teams are also the, the same kind of stature, the similarities, that a similar kind of uh, level that we play at. Uh, do you think the FAI have to now decide, does O'Neill have the capabilities to get points off these teams, that these three or four teams that are in our group that are we're going to be fighting for two places, you know? See, that's the thing. I mean... Uh, just going off what you said, the, the the results don't speak for themselves. I mean, O'Neill can't be guaranteed uh, another contract based on results because they don't. They're they're not that fantastic. I think the one thing that people are going off is just the thunder. I, I mean, we as a Celtic fan, we spoke when Neil Lennon came back to Celtic as a manager. He brought the thunder back to Celtic Park, mm. and I think uh, O'Neill and uh, Keane coming to Ireland and managing Ireland has brought kind of the support that it was lacking over the Trapatoni era and it kind of belief back yeah it brought a bit of, bit of optimism and uh, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to whether we qualify for Europe I mean if we don't qualify for Europe I don't think he qualifies for another contract I think because yeah. he hasn't changed much squad wise he, he brought Coleman in for a proper start he brought Given back yes he brought Myler into midfield uh. but other than that not much has changed yeah well see my opinion would be that he has actually got some fantastic results. There's just been no consistency. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like the, we can't deny that that winning Germany at home it was a fantastic result. But outside of that, we've done the job. We've done the results that we'd expect to get. Like we've beaten Gibraltar at home and away. We've beaten G- Georgia at home and away. Barely beat Georgia away. Like given that, and that's no disrespect to the Georgians. But I think when we, in terms of like when we look at O'Neill's contract and if it should be renewed or not. There's there's excuses and there's good points on both sides. Yeah. So he has every single campaign, every single qualifier we've gone into. There has been injuries and there has been suspensions, and but then we haven't really seen a consistent Irish team. You know what I mean? There's been chopping and changing constantly, and that that is part due to injuries and suspensions. But it's also too there's no established style of play that we really have. No. You know what I mean? It's really at the moment, from what I can gather, it's defend bravely and hope we get something up front. You know look, I mean? look at tomorrow night. Like, are, are we going to play? As we were saying earlier, are we going to play the two blocking the shield in front of the back four mm. with maybe Wes in front, or are we going to play kind of three three midfielders with two two, two wingers? wingers are the are there uh, fullbacks which we actually need? I think tomorrow night or tonight uh, for them to bomb forward uh, because we're going to have so much defensive protection anyway mm. if we want to score that goal. But do, do they do they hold back now against Bosnia and form a you know another iron curtain kind of thing, kind of job? It's 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 really tough because I th- I I think you have more chance of winning the lottery than than you do of picking this this Irish team tonight. You know, I go hundred percent agree with you, and, and and that's the thing we we don't know who's going to play. Um, but I think that we look at it. I think if O'Neill. If if they win and they qualify for Euro twenty sixteen, he's going to get a new contract. Oh, you, oh, yeah. guaranteed. Without yeah. a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. If he doesn't. What it's probably done for football and probably the fanfare that has brought along and the and the uh, the win against Germany has really kind of I mean you got you're gonna have a sold out house for that for Aviva Stadium yeah. for the for the away leg so I think he will get another chance to to experiment with that World Cup squad but what what I did find interesting that he did say at the press conference he realizes it's an aging squad you got guys like Robbie you got guys like Shea you got guys like John O'Shea even. Um, Glenn Whelan you got guys who are getting into their like early mid 30s yeah so O'Neill did say that he will look to bring in youth he said he realised they're an agent squad and he will look to have a bit of a clean out if they don't qualify so I think it's really positive actually because you will have guys like Jack Byrne for he's, he's contracted with City but he's over playing in Holland you got guys like Josh Cullen playing for West Ham in the, in the Premiership so I, I do think that that'll 
that we do need a bit of a cleanup. That we do if this if this doesn't go the way that we're all hoping it will. You've also, as I said earlier, that. that managers in Ireland don't tend to drop people into the deep end you know you also have them players that are waiting on the standby you've Harry, you've Harry Arter you know you've, you've, other, you've other players like that that still have to come in I know there's a bit of a brittleness between O'Neill and Damien Delaney uh, what, I, what I was just what I was thinking about earlier is we were so close to qualifying automatically you know in a mm. group that we, we, we didn't think alright third place is what we're fighting for he's got us that third place do you know what I mean yeah. you can I mean, also, we would have taken that we would have taken that at the start we were we were two very good goals by, by Poland you could say they were defensive uh, errors but like There's Robert Lewandowski's header was yeah. as powerful as uh, most of us could shoot the ball with our feet you know and then and then the other goal like uh we are one all, you know. It, it's very tough to even criticize that. But even looking at that point, maybe he does warrant uh, a new contract, even if we don't qualify. You know. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of O'Neill's contract, we have seen that Robbie is actually backed into, and he said it would actually be silly if he didn't if he didn't get offered a new contract. Yeah. We'll play that now for you. Certainly, a lot more, and uh, of course, I mean, uh, it'd be silly, you know, if if the manager didn't get a new contract. He's obviously done a, done a great job, but. We certainly want to finish this campaign off now with, uh, with a qualification to, to France because this is we started a campaign after having that goal in mind. <coughs> uh, it would be certainly disappointing if we didn't do So we can see he definitely has the players back. I mean, Robbie's a, he's, he's a pretty he's a pretty strong voice in that dressing room. Yeah, and we assume uh, yeah. that just by Robbie's reaction, the probably same goes for everyone else. I think uh, I would agree with this uh, that if he does get a new contract, it's going to have to be a, a clean slate. I think. If you if you have to compare it to anything, you have to compare it to after the World Cup, uh, the Rugby World Cup uh, a few years back, uh, when Ireland just started from from scratch, took in new players, took in young players who who are talented, and I think the soccer team is going to have to do the same again if they want to if they want to just refresh and start over, or start with a new bunch of players. It might might actually help. Do you think that? All the players feel the same way Robbie does, and I'm just going to say just in the fact that he does have O'Neill does have a tendency to name really large extended squads, so 39 man squads for a two leg playoff tie. You yeah. know what I mean, when in comparison, the rugby team names a 30 man squad for an entire World Cup. Do you think some players that are, that are kind of constantly, like say Adam Rooney, he was brought into training for a week, and then he's named in I think this preliminary squad, and then cut. Do you think there's a lot of players that are on the fringes that probably do get a bit? You know, a bit disenchanted with O'Neill and the fact that they're getting called up, and then there's probably no hope at the moment. But do you think that uh, I know it's a bit of a nuisance for them, and with that, that's also adding to the club debate, club uh, country debate. But do you do you genuinely think Adam Rooney thinks he's going to start for Ireland? Uh, Making it back, he's playing good football. Don't get me wrong, but the quality of football that he's playing right now, uh, Shay Long, you know, Darren Murphy to extend Ipswich, you know, higher and mm. like, the, I I I don't th- like. Is he offended? I I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like, there there hasn't there hasn't exactly been any media around saying Martin O'Neill's job's under fire. You know, so mm. in in that sense, I don't think that uh, Martin O'Neill is going to get um, sacked as Ireland boss if we don't qualify. Uh, I want to start talking like if we do, and I, I we're all it's been a very negative conversation just because of the troubles that we have, and we're not favourites. Just because being an Irish fan, exactly, you have to have that like yeah. pow- them f- few pounds of uh, cynicism in your body. It's just uh, yeah. Right before we move on to our back page segment, lads, we'll just get quick predictions. Uh, I'll go with no little draw. No little draw. <sighs> one all. One all. I'm hoping for. I think we're gonna go down two one. I think we're getting away goal, but I think it's just it's going to be a pianage free kick from someone giving away a stupid free kick, and then it's just going to be a Jekko Jammy goal at the end. <laughs> Moving to the League of Ireland, we have Oli Horgan on the line to talk about a fantastic week for Finn Haps, and in particular, a 17-year-old leaving so student, BJ Bandai, who couldn't contain his excitement at scoring the promotion winner against Limerick last Friday. Oh, I just, oh, I didn't even know, like, my, my body just took over, and I was just full of joy, and I just ran, and I wanted to stop him. <laughs> Okay, Ollie. Yeah. Uh, so the last time we spoke, uh, you were it was at the start of the season, and you were unbeaten for five games. Uh, I mentioned promotion to you, and you kind of 
laughed off the question, but uh, do you feel you kind of surpassed your expectations from the start? Uh, yeah, I think so. And um, we, we had a great start to the season. We went into a little bit of a lull midway through, but we ended up coming back very strong, which is what probably carried us over the line in the playoffs in particular. So, um, in the, in the playoffs, it was it was kind of a comfortable victory over UCD, uh, but not so much Limerick. But uh, do you think the challenge of Limerick kind of brought out the best in the players? Well, the the challenge of UCD certainly wasn't comfortable in that. Um, we although we won both games, it was back to the wall stuff for long periods. Um, in Belfield itself, in the in the away leg, the first leg, and when they went one 0 up in the second leg in Belfield, it looked like it was only going to be one minute. Um, yeah, we did play better against Limerick, in particularly the home leg, and that was probably our best performance of the four playoff games, to put it that way to you, but uh, none of the four games were in any manner man comfortable, in fact, they were, they were quite the opposite in it. Yeah, um, and I noticed up in, uh, up in uh, Baba Fay against Limerick, uh, Tony McMee was one of the standout players, I thought, and I just thought, um, how do you think him and the the other players are going to cope with the Premier League. Do you think you'll have to bring in some new players with more experience? Obviously, yeah. Obviously, we we'd love to take in new players. We'd love to take in uh, you know a number of them. It's easier said than done with with with, with limited resources that we have. Um, you mentioned Tony McNamee. I see no reason why Tony McNamee can't step up and play in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland as as a, a lot of the other lads. But you know, realistically, if we're going to compete. We would need to strengthen our squad by by a number, but as I said to you a minute ago, that's easier said than done with with, with what we have to offer at the moment. Yeah, and uh, do you think you so uh, Kevin McHugh will stay out for one more season, or what's the prospect of him staying on? Well, I haven't really actually sat down and spoke to Kevin individually. Yeah, we had we had passing passing conversations uh, since last Friday. You know, I think with Kevin, he originally set his mind that that this would be his last year. I think the fact that we got promoted, you know, would 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 probably and has, you know, certainly opened his opened his mind up whether whether he'll give this another year or not. So yeah, most certainly, I would like to keep keep Kevin on board with with whatever amount of input he can give. Uh, yeah, you know, his experience is invaluable. To us. Yeah, and obviously he was repl- he was replaced by the the goal winner BJ Banda. Do you think he can push for a first team slot next year? Look, BJ, BJ Bender, 17 years of age, he came on for a, a man, Kevin McHugh, who is more than twice his age. You know, can he can he sustain his week in, week out in the Premier Division? I really don't know. He's a kid, uh, has has potential, um, has a lot to learn as well. And, you know, if, if he learns each week with us next year, well, maybe then, you know, come, come the end of the year, he, he might develop into a senior football. Uh, at the moment, he, he's he's a fair bit to do, but but what he's done so far has been very good. Yeah, and I'll I'll just ask you one more question before I pass you on to Jack. Um, it's been more than five years since uh, the Harps were in the Premier League, uh, and ever since Donegal has been kind of lacking the big games and lacking the fans going to the games. Do you think being in the first division will do a lot for the club and even for the county? Yeah, well, well obviously being in the Premier Division and the yeah, you know, uh, to be fair to the supporters in the last 12 months in particular in the first division they came out in their draws uh, I, I think the very first game of the season was up in up in Tulka Park in Shelburne and they came out they came out in their you know in their hundreds that night to support us uh, and did all around the country in particular in the Dublin area and indeed in Bella Buffet. so like you know the, the difficulty yeah we're going to be playing big sides in Bella Buffet week in week out the difficulty is you know the supporters they were great and, uh, and, and, and you know they need to be patient with us because we certainly aren't the finished article by any means, as as as, as, as a lot of teams have known that. And you know, I, I'm sure we're going to have bad days in the Premier Division. There's no doubt about that. With 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 maybe the limited squad that we have, but but please God, we'll we'll have good days as well and and make a battle of it. Yeah. Obviously, first of all, Ollie, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, and uh, congratulations on the uh, promotion. It's 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 massive for the club and obviously the squad. Um, Ollie, do you think there's a big gap between the two divisions in terms of the Premier Division and and the First Division? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, come here, look. It's it's we'd soon find out about it. Uh, there's a massive gap between the top half of the Premier Division and the First Division, and there's a there's a gap between uh, the bottom half of the Premier Division and the First Division there. 
look, the majority of them are full time. Um, mm. You know, you're looking at teams that are in the, in the bottom half, the likes of Sligo, the likes of Derry, the likes of Galway. They're all full time teams with with very very talented squads, and uh, they only finished in the lower half. So uh, you know, there's a gap to them, and then there is uh, a bigger gap when you go up your your Pats, your Shamrock Rovers, your your, your Dundalks and Corks. Bows, you know, so like we know we have a, a huge task ahead of us, both on and off the pitch, and we'll we'll try to make the best of this in whatever way we can do that. Do you kind of take inspiration maybe from, I suppose, teams like Longford Town who may have kind of laid that that map out, where maybe you're not a, a big club, but a club that kind of went up and kind of really cemented itself in around the mid table of the division? Um, what do you think are the keys to transitioning from the divisions and, and, and staying up? Well, the, the two the two keys that, that that the teams that managed to stay up. You mentioned Longford, but you know I mentioned a few of the the, the, the other sides in it. I, I think the fitness level is number one, where teams go full time. We'll obviously be unable to do that with 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 the budget we have, and and, and mm-hmm. these lads, the majority of them work to try and pay their bills. I think secondly, the the the, the level of quality of players uh, is higher. Um, you know, there's some very, very talented players, even in the lower half of the Premier Division, um, and 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 that costs. And they come at a cost, to put it that way. To you, so maybe you mentioned our our, our end dimension, the likes of BJ Bend, and maybe he'll develop into a senior player at little cost to us. But that that'll take time, and you know whether that'll happen in time for us to maintain our status next year. I I don't know, but certainly Longford Town would would have been knocking on the door a number of years in the, in the first division and to be fair to them we played them last year four times in the first division should I say the year before last now and uh, we didn't score against them in, in, in the four matches mm. and they went up as champions and you know they were ahead of us then they've kicked on we're hoping that we have kicked on a little but there's still there's still a big big gap to catch but we're there and, 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 and we'll give it a shot and so when you focus on the pre-season, say, and you, and you, you mentioned fitness and that being like a huge deal, when you're, when you're looking at the pre-season, and obviously you mentioned budget, I think teams like Dundalk really kind of showed this year, and they seem to have a kind of full staff that kind of focuses on their fitness and their conditioning. When you focus on fitness, is that does that kind of really come into the pre-season, or do you more try and develop your style of play in the pre-season, and then maybe hopefully the, the lads get fitter as the games go on? Uh, we have a fitness coach up there, Michael Black, a great guy, very talented guy that, that, that has a lot of input on that. Uh, in the last two years, we went about it slightly differently. In the uh, 2000 and, uh, should I say, the season before last, rather than getting my years around here, uh, we were extremely fit pre-season and we hit the ground running. Uh we we were playing. I think we went six or seven matches unbeaten the previous season. I'm not talking about this season past, uh, but we struggled. We we played Pats in the semi final of the cup in Inchicore, took a heavy beating, and we lost our last three league games. So while the fitness was excellent at the start, it it, it, it seemed to taper out. We went at it differently this year. We had a, a lesser intense pre pre season, if that's the correct word in others. We went into the first game of the season, not maybe at our peak, got away with it and, and kicked on from there. And I think that stood by us on the basis that we had four extra games in three weeks extra at the end of the season. So, uh, you know, we'd be looking maybe to, to, to put something like that together when I sit down and speak with Michael Black for the forthcoming season. Mm. And uh, Ollie, there's been a couple of League of Ireland managers that have spoken of the difficulty of playing away games in the leagues and in terms of how it affects some players who might have work and things like that. Um, has that been a problem for Harps in the past? And how do you deal with the added challenge of your geographical location in comparison with maybe some teams in Dublin who would have maybe less of a challenge with, with kind of week-to-week travel? Look, the, the, travel, the travel is part and parcel of St. Harps Football Club. Like, to be fair to them, they don't complain. We, we've gone, we've gone to Coven back in the one day. We, we don't have other nights. We don't have a budget for other nights. We've mm-hmm. gone to Wexford and back, Waterford and back. Uh, they're all one day as we come back at five o'clock in the morning, and and, and, and these lads go into work. A lot of them are working Saturdays or Sundays, whatever it may be like. But they're used to it. And you know, should you have a one-off night in a hotel like we had in Limerick, it's like a luxury to them. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think the the travel side of it, and and and, and you know the. If you find for Herbs, you give a commitment to travel the country and back, you know, geographically. Um, 
we're used to this and, and, and we won't use that as an excuse. Yeah, like there seems to be a lot of challenges that might be added and, and obviously the challenge of playing Premier Division football itself. But at the end of the day, how elated was the group to get up? Like how elated were they to actually go through the playoffs, win, and now you know they're going to be playing in, in Premier Division football? Is there, an increased sense, is there an increased sense of enthusiasm amongst the players and also maybe the club itself? Look, the, the, the enthusiasm or should I say dedication and commitment of these lads is second to none. Yeah, we, 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 we'll be as committed, if not more, than any team in the Premier Division. It's not that that we'll lack. It'll be the quality of players or, 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 or the, the, you know, the, the pace or the, the fitness of, of uh, technical ability of the players is what we will lack, if that's the case. You know, these lads, for, for basically, you know, their decent money went and, 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 and committed as a group themselves they wanted to achieve something and um, of course they were delighted and they deserve every credit they get but you know they enjoy the weekend last weekend but when you wake up on Monday morning and you realize what task is ahead of you yeah. you quickly come back down to earth and realize you know this is a this is a massive task regardless of the, the, the goodwill and regardless of the you know prize of, 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 of winning the playoff um, you look uh, I look I know I, I know exactly what's ahead of us and to be fair to the players, you know, I, I think the pennies are up from within that, yeah, brilliant achievements for them to the credit, but they're going into the lines then in, in every single game, home and away in Asia. And, uh, yeah, thanks very much. Ollie. Just one more question before we let you yep. go. Um, this is just in relation to the Sky Sports news yesterday, in relation that they're going to start showing Premier League games on Friday nights. Now, given the fact that the First Division, the Premier Division, a lot of the games are shown on Friday and Monday nights already kind of counteract, I suppose, the threat of the Premier League on the weekends amongst other sports. How do you think this will it'll affect League of Ireland attendances? And uh, I suppose we, we, yourselves up in Finn Habs, how do you kind of, I suppose, drive attendances? Haven't really thought about that check, to be fair. Um, I, I heard, you know, a third hand, a little bit of information that you were giving me there. Haven't really thought about it. Like, if Sky Sports want to get involved, Sky Sports want to come up to Ballad Buffet, we'll welcome them. We've we've no problem with that. They come up there every week if they wish, you know. Um, Look, uh, you know, if 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 there's you know obviously money coming back into the club, should you lose it on attendances and and make it back in other ways, you know that's okay. But you know certainly, certainly with us, you know if 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 we're going well and 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 regardless of the division we're in, I think in Ballabafay the crowds will come out. I think possibly the the honesty of the players this year is is what what maybe endeared them to the crowds. But it'll take more than honesty next year to, to, to try and get them to come out in bigger numbers to, to support us. All right, thanks very much, Ollie. appreciate you joining us and uh, good luck with the new season and continued success. Great. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Linda. Cheers, Okay, bye. bye. Good luck, lads. Bye bye. In relation to Finn Haps, I mean, what a playoff win, Linda. Oh, getting right. getting in and uh, you know first of all beating UCD and then beating Limerick to uh, to go up and and I think the the scenes with BJ Banda and extra time are unforgettable. Yeah, it was a fantastic achievement. Firstly, for for such a small club and a club that's struggled for the past few years with uh, finances and whatnot and getting attendance and I think it really showed some some real characters in the team. It seemed like uh, Kevin McHugh, an absolute warrior of uh, League of Ireland for the past ten fifteen years, and he was still going. Uh, I think it also showed the the prospects coming through. Like you've seen uh, the the legend that is Kevin McHugh coming off the field, to being replaced by a seventeen year old B, uh, BJ Banda who went on to score the winner. I mean, mm. people people don't realize how big that goal is, uh, and I don't think even BJ Banda realizes how big that goal it is. Like um, for such a for such a geographically isolated club is such a great achievement for them. And I, I think Premier Division at one stage on the season perhaps was obviously a bit of a distant kind of target. How did it actually become a reality towards the end of the season? I think um, the, at the start of the season they went on a, a number of uh, great runs. They went uh, 10 games unbeaten and then suddenly they started to steamroll and people started to believe that they could and they were sitting in second place for, for so, so long and then just a few results went against their way. But... Um, to beat UCD, I mean, they were going into that game as uh, they weren't favourites. They were, they were, they were actually kind of ruled out, and especially going into the Limerick game. And you seen Brian Kerr on uh, was it Soccer Republic was criticising mm. them, but at the end of the day, they they beat a team that have been playing in a better division, so they deserve to go up in the. All right, well, that was Ollie there. Some interesting thoughts from Ollie, especially, I suppose, surrounding the fitness and, and maybe some of the added things with travel. Do you think that's the thing that's? I mean, he mentioned that that's what kind of harps. 
if you're going to be a Finn Harps player, that's what you have to. That's that's going to be part of the challenge. How big of a challenge do you think that is for teams like Harps and and teams around the country that you know have to maybe have a bit more of a um, it, it's a bit more of a challenge for them. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, all he makes. Uh, he, he makes no means about it. I mean, he says that they they might not have the quality to go up to the Premier League. They they have no world bidders, but they definitely have the determination and the hard work. Some of these players have been struggling to find clubs. I mean. Tony McNamee, uh, he was playing for Derry City. Couldn't he just could not break into the first team, and he goes down to Finn Harps, and he he actually won the Young Player of the Year. I mean, it just takes it takes that added effort, and it, I mean, if you go up if you go up to their their training sessions, they're absolutely busting their guts to to get to where they want to be, mm-hmm. and they're training uh, three three four nights a week, mm. uh, and then with with the match, and then it's just it's just the determination it takes to be a Finn Harps player. Yeah, it seems like that. I think one of the biggest challenges for them is you're going to have to go into some of these grounds in Dublin. You're going to have to go to Tallis Stadium and visit Shamrock Rovers. You're going to have to go to Daly and play Bows. You're going to have to go down to Oriel Park and play Dundalk. And so it seems to be the big challenge that once you, especially if you have that run where you're going to be versing these teams constantly, I suppose you have to be at least kind of getting draws, especially away from home. Because I do think they'll probably be able to turn Finn, Harps, Finn Park sorry, into a bit of a fortress up there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can, ar- you can argue that... Uh Finn Harps have to go to St Pat's. They have to go to Cork. They have to go to go down the country all the time. But at the end of the day, these these teams have to come up to Donegal, and coming up to Donegal is no easy feat. I mean, you have the added pressure of the fans. The the pitch in Finn Harps is so compact; it's a real old size stadium, mm. and also the the wind. It's like the pitch is set, set beside a, a sea, and like not many not many clubs have that. Not many players will be used to playing in those conditions, and I think. Uh, the hardest, the hardest match that we're going to have is actually our closest away game, and that's Derry City. Yeah, and that's just because of the it'll be that that that'll be a, a nice rivalry to get going because they also have a, a brother, a brother rivalry with Tony McNamee in midfield and Barry McNamee in midfield for Derry City. Right there, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting feat. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely think so. It's it's. It's one of those things where they're going to really have to... They'll be up against it. And as you mentioned, like we've seen in the FAI Cup final with Dundalk and Cork how big fitness is, especially towards the latter end of games. And when you're dealing... You're kind of, it's not like the Premier League where you're dealing with players that are all professionals. Everyone's professionals. Everyone's... They go to their training grounds. They have around-the-clock physios. They're doing their diets. Like You're talking about lads that are coming straight from work and having to hop on a bus or they're, they're out from... And they still have like their own kind of lives with, with, with families, etc., that they have to deal with. So... I think, I think the key for Harps and as youth as well is probably winning, getting results on the road. More so for Harps, I think, because one, they're gonna, there's gonna be teams that are gonna have to go up and face those, uh, face Harps as well. Gonna have to make that travel, but where Harps, they're gonna have that advantage of of facing those teams who are gonna have those kind of added challenges of travel fatigue, etc. Yeah. So I think if they can get results on the road and they can maybe do well against that, I suppose that top four of them, Dark Cork. Rovers, Bows, Pats. I think that's going to be a real key for them. So, um, I think that with Longford, I think the blueprint is there on how to survive in the Premier Division, and if they can kind of emulate a little bit of what they did and and kind of play within your own, uh, play within your own kind of capabilities and, and your own budget, I suppose. Don't really try to be like compete with the likes of the big Shamrock Rovers at the start. I think you really yeah. have to get in there, solidify yourself and then make a run. Yeah, the, I'd agree completely. I mean, uh, Finn Harps is a club-owned uh, club, uh, club. I mean, they don't have the budget other teams have. It is lads that are... Some Some of these lads give up work uh, just to play for Finn Harps. They, they decided they'll take, they'll take the dole for whatever amount of seasons uh, that they're playing uh, for, for Finn Harps. And I mean... Uh, they're playing for pride more than anything. I mean, that's. I think that could be a major factor. They they won't want to leave the Premier League as much like other teams such as St. Pat's. They're they're doing this for a living. They're doing this. Uh, they're doing it week in week out. But uh, at the end of the day, it kind of means more to the Finn Harps players to be in the Premier League. So it could be whether pride will be enough at the end of the day. I mean, as as Ollie said, uh, they they have no world bidders. But I think. I'd agree with you. They have to take the first season as it comes, be conservative, get results, get frustrate teams, get draws, whatever they can to just stay up for the season, get some funds together, get... get. I think they're building a new stadium, so that's going to take a major junk uh, uh, out, of their, out of their budget. Uh, but 
if they can just if they can just get get results, keep chipping away at the at the leaderboard. I hope I hope they can stay up. Right, so we'll move on to our, this is our, our back page segment where we're going to go quick fire basically just through initial thoughts on some of, the, of some of today's headlines in sport. So we'll look at the mirror. Manchester United news and transfer rumours. Real Madrid to meet David De Gea's 30 million release clause. Not going to happen. No? Not going to happen. I, I think uh, David De Gea has come out a number of times this season saying that he's happy at Manchester United. I think uh, Real Madrid had their chance, and I don't think it's going to go through next season. Well, you could say like they, we no one knows exactly what happens at the end of the transfer window. Are were Real Madrid just too late? If they are, I could see him definitely snapping them up. Uh, there's a thing about the Real Madrid all white kit, like the legends that have played for them, that maybe it might draw him. But I think I agree with them. They, they've 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 missed their chance now. They had interest for them for months and months and months, and they waited to the last day to make a, an appropriate bid. I think it's a bit of a farce, to be honest. Chelsea has merged as contenders to sign Wayne Rooney again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that maybe Wayne Rooney's uh, agent trying to get him another big contract? That's that's what happened the last time. Uh, no, I, I I don't see I don't see much in that now, to be honest. And uh, he's not. Uh, he might be a bit better in uh, Diego Costa at the minute, but uh, I think we need someone fresher and younger, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's just a first made up for the murder, to be honest. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo tips Leo Messi for Ballon d'Or. Is that just him being humble, or maybe just trying to put the mocker on him? I think he's putting the mocker on him because I, I, I think he, fe- uh, he might personally feel that Neymar is more giving him more under threat. He's trying to build up Lionel Messi, kind of. I'd say it's a bit of a stab at him now, you know. But he's been injured for a few weeks as well. The last time he was injured for a few weeks, Ronaldo won the Ballon d'Or. So I, I'm yeah. not too sure about that. Lewis Hamilton blames crashing his 1.5 million Pagani Zonda in Monte Carlo on heavy party. <laughs> heavy party? <laughs> <laughs> when in Monte Carlo. Maybe it was yeah, skip. sure. I, I, w- I would believe that story more than the winner anyone. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the skip. He had a, he, uh, he had a kind of a uh, sponsor's event in Brazil or something as well or, or somewhere. So I'd say that might have been the... He took the 1.5 million hit just to have a good weekend, you know? Well, m- maybe he's actually a bad driver. It's all, <laughs> da- it's all down to the cars these days. He's going to like, play a party because he just completely yeah. went off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just to finish up, Arsenal news and transfers. Gunners enter a race to sign Newcastle's Azozi Perez. Well, uh, we, we've got our colleague in producing, uh, Gavin O'Callaghan, uh, Jose Perez. He, he's a big fan, I believe. Uh, I'd say he'd be devastated if uh, <laughs> he's going to talk to us in the head. 1.5 million wonders, says Gavin O'Callaghan. Uh, you know what? I don't know. He, what, do you, what do you start from, Gavin? Give us a thumbs up. Would you think you start for Arsenal? Yes, yeah. thumbs up. There it is. I, I think it... <laughs> he'd be a decent enough signing for Arsenal he'd certainly fit into their structure but whether they would, he would put Sanchez, Walcott or Ozil out of the team well, I highly doubt it the no. Ox doesn't start for them and I think he's good enough to start for most teams yeah. so you, you wouldn't know if, if Jose Perez would yeah yeah I mean they probably need to replace I mean Giroud that seems to be the problem with them is like can Giroud be a 20-25 goal mm. striker season that they need to really probably win the Premiership and contend in Europe but that's all for us today thanks very much for joining Action Replay Extra Time we'll be back to you and putting out this hopefully this put out this afternoon on Friday and uh, thanks for joining we'll hope you tune in next week I will love it if we do. We're not around here. Oh, we're not always fair.